You are now listening to the Superhero Education Podcast, featuring Professor Eugene Pitchford and Dr. Steve Gurner. We are real educators tackling the real topics in education. Listen to be informed, inspired, and entertained. With no further ado, here are your hosts to the Superhero Educators Podcast. All right, we want to welcome everyone to the latest edition of the Superhero Education Podcast. I go by the name of Eugene Pitchford. And we got my main man, Steve Garner. Steve, what's going on with you? Doing very well. I'm here. I'm ready to go. Super exciting topic. The week's been going well. I know you had quite the day today, so it's gonna you're gonna use all that energy and put that into the show. All right, so before we get to our topic, Steve. Let, let, let's talk about this real quick. In the southeastern Wisconsin area, specifically Milwaukee County, we have Milwaukee public schools. But there's also a measure in which Milwaukee County is not allowing private schools to open up at this point. What's your thoughts on that? So the city of Milwaukee has the restrictions. So the county's the county is fine. If you're in Milwaukee County, you can still open up. If you're in the city of Milwaukee, there's a total ban on opening up face-to-face instruction. So every school has to go virtual. So for our listeners across the country, what they need to know is that the state of Wisconsin is the largest, has the largest voucher system in the whole country. So vouchers come, money comes for each student, you get into your private school and you do not have to change your religious instruction at all. So it went to the Supreme Court, the Wisconsin Supreme Court, and they said that you do not have to change any of your policies or your instructions. So if I am principal of a Christian school, I try to enroll as many students as I can. I get money from the state for each student that I get into my school, and I do not have to change my school at all. Therefore, I feel that all the city of Milwaukee should let the schools decide if they want to go face-to-face, if they want to do a hybrid model, or if they want to do all virtual. Let the schools decide because ultimately the parents will decide. If I have a private school and I'm opening up five days a week and there's a public school across the street and they're going all virtual, the parent needs to have that decision and option for their child. They're sending their most precious resource every day for seven hours, eight hours to the school. They need that option to make the decision to say, I want my child in school A or I want my child in school B. And I want that decision to lie with the parents. Do you see a mass migration one way or the other with, as it stands right today, like a clear line in the sand? public schools face-to-face, and for what we know right now today, private schools, I'm sorry, public schools online, private schools face-to-face. Do you see a mass migration one way or the other? I was just asked this question this week, and I don't believe that. I don't see that. I think that's a concern people have. I still think parents are going to think through their personal situation. I don't see, I don't, I do not believe you'll see a lot of movement to that. I think parents want to be back in their school. I think the children want to be back with their teachers. 
I don't, I do not think you'll see a lot of shifting of schools yet. I think if it, if the quality goes down, the lack of communication, the lack of resources, then you'll see some movement. But right now, I, parents will stay where they're at with their child. And the final piece of this is, does government, does government have the option to control this one way or the other? Because that may fall under political lines of the school being open and closed, but do you feel the government is over, is, is outstepping their boundaries? I, I believe the government should be concerned about the safety measures. I think they should advise. I think they should look at the health departments. They run the health departments. They should look in and make people aware of what's out there and the concerns of, of COVID-19 and what precautions can happen. I, I believe they're overstepping if they start mandating the schools. Health departments aren't educators. Educators wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want educators to give prescriptions for health and what we should do in the health arena. I don't want health professionals saying what we should do in schools, but I do want their advice. They're experts. I want their advice on how they see what's happening in the health arena and what we can do to take precautions. And then I want the schools to make the decisions. All right. So now we got to get into the topics of the main topic for tonight. And last week we presented a concept to you all called Renew. We gave you the R. And I'm proud to announce today, today, tonight, we're going to give you the E in Renew. Steve, take it away. We are going to give you the E in Renew. So what we, Eugene and I came up with we were really were asked all the time as urban education experts were asked about our feelings on and our thoughts on and our expert opinions on what should school districts be doing what about the return plan is it good for students is it not good for students where are the flaws what are the highlights so we talk about we know the three major options either all virtual all face-to-face -face, or some hybrid model all schools want to go face to face and then they have to look at safety concerns and they're and they're figuring that out and so some schools will do virtual some will do hybrid some will try to go face to face there's pros and cons to both of them so what we we set up was five considerations we created and really it's a checklist for families and we want you to remember the word renew and last podcast, we talked about the R and renew relationships and how relationships are the hallmark of an effective teacher. These positive relationships are essential to the success of students. And the E in renew is what we'll talk about tonight is expert in communication. The N will be our next podcast that talks about need technology. And the E is emphasis on health. And then we have the W, which is what's the plan? So we want you to remember the word renew. And tonight we'll talk about the E in renew, which is experts in communication. And we just thought, Eugene, about Steve. being- oh, Wait, wait, hold tight, hold, Steve, hold tight, hold tight. 
because we, we, we're going to just take a quick pause right here. I know where you're going. We're yeah, you know where. In urban you, you know where. So, like, like the expert thing, has been seen on the news. It's been seen on Facebook. It's been seen on the blogs. And just, just to sidetrack, right quick before, before we go hot and heavy. Steve, in the, in the last two weeks, yourself and myself, we've been on Channel 4. We've been on Channel 6. It sounds good saying it, too. Like, we've been on Channel 12. We've been on Channel 58 and sharing our opinions on how schools should open up and what parents should be looking for. But, but Steve, to our listeners that's not from the southeastern Wisconsin area, let's give a little insight on, before we get to Renew, let's just give a little insight on uh, how we've been spreading the word in this region. We were called in as urban education experts and what we really focused in on and what the news, what the attraction for the news, the local news reporters were is they needed to really get the research, get the relevant information of what really is, is happening in education because they're getting their plans, they're, they're getting all the communities are getting these return plans and they really wanted to dissect those and see, are we being told the truth? Is this good for, is this good for students? And what should parents be aware of? So that was a good opportunity for us to share with what we were seeing. Uh, I believe it won't be the last time. I, I believe we will be back. They enjoyed Eugene's bow tie. That was a high, high mark for the news cameras. In a bow tie, telling the community exactly what needs to be done. In fact, I think you could have taken over the reporter's role uh, no problem. So I think it was a good, it was a very positive outcome. I believe we added great value to the conversation. Next I, steps, next steps, next steps. We need to be on cable TV. I agree. Do you have a certain station you want? I want all of them. Like, to be honest with you, I see one night where we are on MSNBC. I see CNN and I see Fox News. We need, like, we need to be on all of them because what we're saying and getting parents ready and getting teachers ready and getting schools ready, what we're saying is so serious that it defies politics. And um, yeah, I think we need to be on all three. I agree. That'll happen. That'll happen. The words so, getting out, the information's getting out, and the value is is tremendous to the community. All right, so now let's go back to renew. Let's let's go to the E. So the E really talking about expert in communication. So what's happening now is it's so fluid. The communication is happening at such a fast pace, and it's changing constantly. This is very important. This is very important that schools are communicating to parents and parents are 
really have a responsibility to communicate to the school as well. What do you see, Eugene, as the most important piece of this for schools? I think from a school level, the schools have to do a better job of explaining how education will look like in the next couple of months. And in my mind, I'm looking at schools start that, that are starting off online. How will homework be completed? Like, what's the platform? Um, is that information given just to students? Is it given just to parents? Like, how do we make this, how do we make homework and classwork and expectations of when you will be online and not online? How do we make that so clear that there's no mistakes? And so when we go back to March, April, May, June, if we're being completely honest, it was all over the map. So how do we make this to a spot that makes it easy for the parent, easy for the child, and easy for the teacher? And while saying that, that, you know, it, it, that, that may not be accomplishable, but for this to work, from a communication standpoint, the parents, the teachers, the students have to be all on the same page. Why can't it be accomplished? What, what's going through your mind when you say it may not be accomplished? Well, <clears throat> what's going through my mind is, how do we communicate this? Is it, is it a parent newsletter? Is it a Facebook post? Is it information that's given to the child and the child is expected to give it to the parent? I think that most schools use probably one form of communication, but knowing what we know now, I think there has to be multiple levels of communication to actually make this work. Sure, and that I believe that's possible. I believe it, it, we have no choice. I, it needs to be simplified. So right now, in, before COVID, a teacher may have assignments every day, you may have a homework on Tuesday and Thursday, may have homework on Wednesday, it may be all over the map. It needs to be simplified. We're, this next phase, Everything needs to be simplified. We need to help parents and children in this process because the schedule alone may be difficult to understand. If we start doing hybrid models of bringing students back two days a week and then they're off for two days and then another day for the teachers to do online activities and planning, that's gonna be extremely confusing. So what we need to do is we need to simplify everything. Homework's gonna be one day a week, two days a week. Here are the days you're gonna get it. Here's exactly what you're going to get. Here's the teacher's contact information and they always wanna be emailed or text. Here is how you get on a video conference. Here's a one sentence explanation. Here's a one, two sentence explanation how to look at the grades online. Here's a one or two sentence explanation on how you can get to the reading exercises. Here's a one or two explanation 
on how you can get to your physical activity exercises. Everything has to be explained. And then just the same information gets sent out every single week. And I think there's value. It. I think there's value in repetition. But I think there's also value in um, the actual teachers collaborating with each other and developing a plan for homework. And <clears throat> in a perfect world, it would be nice if homework was done school-wide on certain nights, and that may or may not be possible. But just well, building sure. that. Sure, it's possible, right? I mean, that, that's the point I'm saying. You simplify it and put it out there that it, this year, this is how we're doing it. And everybody knows. So a student gets asked, a fourth grader gets asked at home, what is your system? They know, the parent knows. And the parent has a responsibility to make sure the school supplies are there so they can, they can operate. They have the internet, they have Wi-Fi. Parents can do that right now. They know the teacher contact information. They can have a safe, uh, distraction-free environment in their, in their home, in their apartment, in their condo. That's the parent's responsibility. And then the schools communicate, communicate, communicate in a simplified format. Also for the parents, please ask questions. Like if something doesn't seem right, if something doesn't, you know, you're not seeing your child with homework or it's too much homework, not enough homework, you don't know where the homework is to be turned into, for parents, the communication also lies on your side in which you gotta ask those questions. Don't, like, don't feel like you're a burden. Don't feel like you're bothering the teacher. Don't feel like you're over the top. But parents, you gotta do whatever it takes to give your child the best learning opportunity. So parents, don't be afraid to ask school officials. That's what they're there for. Here's my, here's my. Don't wait till it's too late. Here's my parent email that all parents should be emailing or texting or whatever form of communication a teacher at a school wants. But most of the time it'll be email. Here's my email. Thank you, Eugene, for teaching my child. I appreciate it. We look forward to a great year. Please direct me on what my, what, my child can be doing when they're done with their school activities, especially in the form of reading and math. Because what every right. parent needs to know is when there's free time and their child says, I'm not done, I'm done. The teacher didn't, didn't have anything for me or we're done with classes on our video conference. Every parent needs to know how do I engage my child in more math and more reading? Because every student out there needs to know how to compute and read. And you can never stop those two areas. And there's always more work to be done. So when my child says, I'm done, and it's 1.30 in the afternoon, as a parent, I can redirect and say, the teacher said you can go to this reading exercise online. You can read this book. You can do these math exercises for another half hour, 30 minutes, depending on grade level. But that's the email that every parent needs to send out to that teacher to have that in the reserve. I completely, completely, completely agree. 
Think of what would have happened if your mom would have done that. Think of where you could be today. Yeah. Love your mom, but think of where you could be today if she would have done that with you. Oh, I, I think it's a, I think it's a solid group blueprint, and we need to consider learning scenarios where the parent is at home, and learning scenarios where the parent is not at home. That's why this communication piece is so strong. And just looking back at April, May. June, to me, from what I was seeing in schools, the, the biggest discrepancy was communication. And everybody was trying to figure something out. When is the work due? What is the platform? Um, how, will it, how will it be graded? What's the type of feedback? Um, you know, I can even think of my daughter and I don't, I don't want to call out the school, but they told my daughter that outside of submitting the actual assignment, she had to take a picture of the assignment and submit it. But they never told the parents. And so I'm questioning now, why are you taking a picture of the assignment? And what's the relevance of, of, of taking a, a picture of the assignment if you actually complete it? So it's just, we, we, gotta, we gotta make sure we're all on the same page and that it's not an overkill. It's, 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 it's exactly on the money because we cannot afford to have April and May look like September and August. Like, like that's honestly, Steve, my biggest fear. Like we cannot jump right back into the same thing. You mean and have the same communication barrier. You want you mean flipped. You don't want September, August and September to look like April and May. Correct. All right. Gotcha. Gotcha. We, we uh, like we 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 can't we can't do that because we lose students. And we lose students that's, that are actually trying. And and I think what you'll see is schools are teachers have been working extremely hard. I I think the shock value wore off now, the shock value of going, we, we didn't even get to go back into our classrooms as teachers and we had to move totally online, once in a lifetime shift. I think now everybody's ready to rock and roll. I, I see teachers working extremely hard for this online virtual learning. I see teachers and school leaders working extremely hard to get students back face to face. We're, we're in a whole different mode right now, and it's a great opportunity. So what'll happen is, I totally believe in the competition piece of schools to the point of, we have to offer great value. And what's going to happen is, the schools that offer the great value that are getting this online, working extremely hard, communicating with parents, those are the winners. And winner, by winners, I mean those are the ones that the parents are going to choose they want to send their child to, and they're going to have the most success. The ones that are not communicating, are not figuring out some of these virtual activities, are not building relationships with the parents, those are the ones that are going to struggle. Do you think there's a big difference between, from a communication standpoint, between 
all online and hybrid. Because it looks like in the southeastern Wisconsin area and in many places across the many places across the country, your options are online or hybrid. Like, do you see one or the other trickier for communication? I think the hybrid is always trickier, right? Because you're you're really, if it's hybrid by that whole model definition of that model, you have to, you have to do some kind of scheduling, which could become a nightmare. You're going to come in for Monday, Tuesday, be home Wednesday, Thursday, and then um, maybe come back alternate Fridays. It that's going to be extremely hard to communicate work schedules with parents, days off, um, single parents multiple addresses with students of, of split families, it, that'll be a nightmare. And the communication will be extremely difficult. And you're gonna have to build resources into that model that a lot of schools will not have unless you have high socioeconomics. So my fear with that model is it's gonna really depend on the resources you have. So the high socioeconomic schools in areas where the schools are, they're going to thrive and the others are going to have huge deficits. I, I totally agree with you. Um, the hybrid, I think, is the hardest model of, of the models that, that we've seen for, for schooling in the, fall of, in the fall of 2020. Now, Steve, this is, I, I, I love asking you this question because I'm really not sure what the answer will be. I'm going to give you a prediction. It's November 2020. And I'm not sure as a country if we will have solved COVID-19 or by that time it's spinning out of control. But I'm putting you on a hot seat. November 2020, what does education look like? And we're talking nationally. Our podcasts reach out across the nation and other countries even. So that's a real tough question because education is a lot of times local. And I think we'll see flavors all over our country. It'll be different flavors of school districts doing it real well and schools that are failing at it. And that's unfortunate. So I'm not sure what it'll look like come November. My guess is, again, I haven't seen districts that don't want students to be there full time back with their high performing teacher who loves them and cares for them. I just don't see a lot of districts being able to do that. So I probably, if I had to make a guess, I would see pockets of our country where they feel that COVID-19 is, is under control. I believe they're going to be at five days a week. I think it's going to all depend on what the community, local community, and how, what restrictions and how they feel comfortable with the COVID-19 situation. So I think you'll see all three across the country, all different three options uh, spread out across the country. I would say the majority will probably be a hybrid model by November. Speaking of communication, 
this is the tricky part because I'm not sure where I stand on this. I was in a small group with a mask. And it was so hard communicating with them. Like my voice sounded muffled. My volume was decreased because I was in the mask. Whether it's face-to-face -face or whether it's hybrid, can you really teach with a mask on? Especially when it's hot, the spit is flying everywhere. And I guess the alternative for most school locations would be teaching with the, and I'm not sure what this is called. Help me out here. The with the face shield. Yeah, I, I think the face shield is how I would teach because I, I believe students need to see, and they need to see your facial expression. I, I'm not sure how students would pick up a lot throughout the day if, you, if they didn't see you fully. And I don't think it's fair to students to be with the mask teaching if they can't fully see the teacher. So I believe that would be important. I, I would do the face shield personally. And I believe we're going to have the, the same effect on the students if they're out for a recess, if they drop their mask in the bathroom, they switch it with somebody else, they grab one off the floor. That's a huge, huge concern Yikes. for students. I mean, that was happening with personal hygiene issues already. And, and think of middle school, elementary school, and, and a mask will make it, will accelerate that, those issues. Yeah, so like we don't have all the answers, but boy, oh boy, it's, it's, it's looking very interesting for this school year. It's looking like it's going to be one of a kind. Um, it's, it's looking like super unique. And our students are really either super excited for coming back or they don't want to come back at all. So Steve, as we, as we wind down, we got to give some shout outs. We love giving shout outs. I want to give a shout out to everyone that's picked up the book, Superhero Educator. It's on Amazon, it's on Barnes and Noble. And if you haven't picked that book up and you're listening, you need the book, Superhero Educator in your library. I'm also giving a shout out to the book, Gumbo for the Soul, Volume 3, in which I wrote in that book, chapter 53. And finally, I'm giving a shout out to all the teachers that's, that's right now trying to figure out how to best communicate with families and students and even their own administration. Everyone needs to be on one accord, so I'm giving a shout out to those teachers. Stephen Garner, what you got? I got exciting news out of the Center for Urban Education Ministries. It's a national nonprofit organization that works to relentlessly strengthen urban education. So through the Center for Urban Education Ministries, Eugene and myself are, are offering what we call superhero families. This is an opportunity for families with their child to have professional development. It's an opportunity to get supported. It's an opportunity to learn together. It's an opportunity to grow. And Superhero Families is going to be offered five times throughout the, this year for families and their child to learn and grow together and be supported together. So Eugene and I will be leading that. 
through the Center for Urban Education Ministries. You can find out more information if you go to LinkedIn and find Center for Urban Education Ministries. And I'm the executive director of the organization, and Eugene does a lot of work for the organization as well. Steve, we need dates. Like, I need to go to my phone. I need to plug some dates in. We need dates, sir. I like your style. You're going to have to set up a stall and talk about something fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. get this done. It'll be my pleasure because we want to make sure that parents have the opportunity to get involved in needed conversation. Um, you you, you want to have these conversations with your students before your child has conversations with students uh, with, with their peers that may or may not lead to factual information. So we decided that we're going to put a scenario together where we have families and students, families and their child working together on these tough conversations. And um, Steve is going to give us some dates. August 29th, 10 to 11.30 a.m., the topic, successful return to school. September 26th, 10 to 11.30, same time, COVID-19 and you. October 24th, 10 to 11.30, communication with your classroom teacher. November 21st, 10 to 11.30, diversity, success, and you. December 19th, 10 to 11.30, your friends, your network, your community. So again, these are, these are safe spaces for families together to learn strategies of success, strategies of success, supporting one another and gaining valuable resources. So how do you sign up for this? So I, I find that fascinating. I want to be part of this. Email superheroeducator at gmail.com. Email superheroeducator at gmail.com. Type in, sign me up for superhero families. That's all it takes. This is free and you'll receive a registration confirmation with a link to join us. So superheroeducator at gmail.com. Type in, sign me up for superhero families. And the keywords free professional development, and opportunities for families to grow, grow, grow closer. There, there's, there's really no way you could have a problem with that. So we need you all to sign up. We're going to give you reminders as we do more shows throughout the month of August, throughout the month of July. We want to see you in the place. And, you know, Steve and I, Steve and myself, we're, we're, going, to, we're, we're going to give our, we're, we're, going, we're going to give our best. So Steve, is there anything else that we missed or that we got everything? I think we have everything. I think All right. You got it tonight, I thought you did a great job, my friend. All right. So if that's everything, uh, we're going to ask you to make sure you listen, ask you to make sure you share with another educator. And we're going to ask that you lead in whatever capacity that you are. If you're a school teacher, lead. If you're a principal, lead. Assistant principal, lead. Psychologist, social worker, lead. If you're a school secretary, make sure you lead. And if you're not in the field of education, make sure you lead also. 
On that note, we are out. Peace. Thanks again for listening to our Superhero Education Podcast. We hope you gained valuable insights and key concepts to battle the chaos and save the day for all students. Boldly transform lives and be a superhero educator. 